Praise God. God bless you. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I feel so weird now because the last month I've been speaking to empty chairs here physically, but uh, of course I'm speaking to all of you. First and foremost, my favorite, uh, Pastor Gwendolyn says blessings to you all. Good morning. Good morning, honey. Praise God. But uh, it's, it's wonderful to be in the house of the Lord where we actually see some of the body of Christ right here. So if possible, amen. Amen. You hear those claps? They're actually live. They're not panned. So good morning, everybody. Josephine, Josie, God bless you. Uh, Minister David and Dodi, God bless you also. They say, and David says, good morning, church. So he knows you all are here. So praise God for that. Amen. Minister Mickey says, good morning. Uh, Celeste says, good morning. Praise God. Amen. Uh, who else was? Robert Diaz uh, from Florida. Good morning. Uh, Robert, we had 70 degrees a couple of days ago. So I'm not as jealous, okay? I'm still jealous because you have palm trees, but I'm not as jealous because we had 70 degrees. So it gave, gave us a reminder. Praise God. And then also, Adi. God bless you, Adi. Thank you so much for all that you do. I am so grateful to you. Amen. Praise God. So uh, God bless each and every one of you. Um, I'm excited to let everyone know that um, we have placed some technologies here at the building. So as we start feeling more safer, we start coming back. I want to give you an idea of some of the technologies. Right now, I'm feeling a little air coming toward me, and that's on purpose. Because what we're doing is we have the positive, negative uh, flow of air. Positive from the front of the building all the way toward us, and then blowing out the side door. And that's on purpose. We're using the technology that the buildings use which means that there's always fresh air flowing in this building. Number two, when everybody came in this morning, basically they just went up to the wall, right up to the wall, and they were able to test themselves. Uh, and we have hand sanitizers you don't even have to touch. Uh, we also have our AC system on, and that's also uh, exchanging air every couple of minutes. We only have it on fan right now versus the full air conditioning. Somebody gave me a heart, so I'm really happy. I got a heart this morning. I don't know who sent me the heart, but thank you for that heart. It's really appreciated. You don't get many hearts, you know. So when I get a heart, I get excited. I, a heart, all right. Hey, listen, I'm learning how to work with social media. I'm from old school, so praise God. But it's good to see each and every one of you. And um, Jesse, God bless you also. Yesenia, it's good to see you. Amen. Praise God. So as we get ready to worship, um, hey, Eli, God bless you. Eli, man of God. Eli and Denise, they're also watching. Praise God. So they're... Uh, you're not just watching. We are worshiping God together. Crucita, God bless you. Can't wait to uh, see you here um, at the building. You're going to be here next week, you say. All right. Okay, so I'll see you next week as the Lord permits. Praise God. But little by little, the people of God are going to be coming back. We're giving everybody ample space. We're only, allow only allowing a certain amount of people uh, to come so that we can have distance, just so we could be safe among each other. But um, make no mistake about it. We're moving forward in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So as we get ready to pray, uh, I want you to understand we're about ready to worship Almighty God. Are you grateful this morning? I am grateful. Let's worship Him from a grateful heart. Let's worship Him from a passionate heart. Let's worship Him. Oh, and by the way, it's not going to be um, worship from 10 months ago, 8 months ago. Recorded worship. Today we have live worship, all right? So, amen. So, so if, if the worshiper decides to prophesy, that's for today. That's, that's now. 
Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask for Brother Rene to come, and he's going to start the service in prayer, and then we're going to get right into worship. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, I, Father God. I thank you for this wonderful, glorious day that you have made, Father God. And we will be glad and joyous, Father God. And we thank you for all that you have done, Father God. Thank you, Father God, for, for making it possible for this day to be here in your church, Father God. We thank you and we give you all the honor and glory, Father God. We thank those that are here, Father God. We bless them, Father God. We praise you and worship you and thank you for their for their for just just for their, who they are, Father God. And we thank you for those that are online, Father God. Bless those, Father God, that are online watching, Father God. And we bless the man of this house, Pastor Father God, as he says his word today, your word, Father God. We pray that that word, Father God, is edifying to the people here and online and glorifying to you, Father God. And we thank you, Father God. We pray for the ministries of the house, the worship team, the sound team, the ushers, Father God. Everyone that put their hand to make this day possible, we thank you, Father God. We pray a blessing upon them, Father God. We pray for your anointing and your love, Father God. We thank you for you are glorious, Father God, for every day, Father God. Your grace and mercy is new every day, and we thank you, Father God. Father God, we thank you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Let's praise him, church. Thank you. 
takes away the sin of the world, comes, Amen. he shows up, and you sense his presence, you feel his presence, yes, Lord, and it's just so good. Glory to God, but I'm also glad that he is also the lion of the tribe of Judah. Yes. Hallelujah. And as a lion, as a fierce lion, he defends his people. Amen? Amen. He is both the lion and the lamb. Hallelujah. Come on, say that with me. He is the lion and the lamb. Glory to God. We worship you, Jesus. He is the lion and the lamb.
Praise God, praise God. It's an awesome privilege and a pleasure to be in the house of the Lord. God bless you, my brother. Bless you. It's good to see you. Praise God. I hope you had a lot of fun in that restaurant. You looked like you were having a lot of fun. I couldn't hear a thing you were saying because it was being drowned out. But I just kept on hearing the word fun, fun, enjoyment, good food, fellowship. Praise God. That's good. That's excellent. But um, just wanted to remind everybody, if you're online right now, Invite your friends, invite your families. Why in the world are you hogging it up all to yourself? It's just us four no more? Is that, is that your attitude? <laughs> no, seriously, invite your friends and family. Send a little text, uh, send a little reminder. Wake up people that are still asleep. I think they have, they have an hour extra. Because they don't. Spring forward, hello. I did send you a reminder yesterday, so I hope you got that. Vera, God bless you. Pastor Eileen said, yes, Jesus, you are my king. 15 minutes. Praise God. Jocelyne says, nobody higher than the name of Jesus. And Kevin Pacheco says to the Calvary Christian Fellowship family, good morning. And we say good morning right back to you. Praise God. It's good to see everybody. Remember, since we're still in these hybrid services, um, in a couple of minutes, we're going to receive an offering. Uh, so uh, we can give, of course, conveniently on our website, calvaryny.org. Um, and I don't know how we're going to work it here. Uh, it's been like 10 years since we've been here. So how is it that you're going to handle it today? One at a time? Or you'll give instructions as the time comes. We have to relearn this, you know. It's, we haven't done this for so long. Praise God. I'm going to invite my dear friend and co-laborer, Pastor Eugene Mingo, and he's going to share a couple of thoughts uh, for you regarding your hearts and prepare in preparation to give. Amen? Praise God. God bless you, Eli, and Irma Martinez, and Isabel, where have you been? Praise God. Isabel Bello, God bless you and whole hand of family. It's good. It was good to talk to hubby yesterday. Praise God. So, Suheli, God bless you. Sue, that's Sister Sue or Sister Suheli? If you want to be official with her, it's Suheli. <laughs> but once, once she's family, she's Sue. God bless you, Sue. It's good to see you. Lucia Green, God bless you. Amen. Good to see everybody. If you leave me here, I'll be all day fellowshipping with the people. Praise God. Pastor. Thank you so much. God bless you, Calvary. God bless you. Oh, they got to let us know that someone's in the house. God bless you, Calvary. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Come on, somebody shabbat the Lord. Hallelujah! That's a trumpet sound that declares. It opens up the heavens. Come on, somebody. It shakes the foundations of hell and lets you know that God's alive. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah! I felt bad for Elder Ross a couple of weeks ago. He wanted to hear that, and he heard Nate say, hallelujah, in the background. But we were shabbacking the Lord with you, Elder, while you were here. Amen. It's such a precious time of worship to open up 
and allow God to begin to open up the windows of your lives. God wants to open up the windows. And I don't know about you, but during this springtime, I like to open up the windows after a winter season and let the fresh breeze blow. If you've been experiencing what I've been experiencing, there's been a wind moving in the land. And that wind is a way that God cleanses. It's a wind that sanctifies. It's a wind that blows things. Amen. It says, who knows which way the wind lists. That's how God cleanses. He uses two elements. Only two elements cleanses the air, snow and wind. And so when God begins to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, you wouldn't have not room enough to receive. You don't know how that blessing is going to come, when it's going to come, from whom it will come. But this is an opportunity. We sprang forward this morning, amen? And as we spring forward, it's a time of seed. It's a seeding moment, amen? And that seeding moment is something that God promised. He says we come to a point where seed time and harvest will not cease until this world ends. And I know in some of your lives it may seem like there's a dormancy, but I want you to know that, that in the season where it looks dormant, be under the ground, the seed is germinating. And that dormancy is a place for the seed to die and come forth and bring forth life. So I want you to understand, and even though it may seem like people are dumping on you, I want you to know fertilizing allows that seed to grow even more. So you may not have been through an easy season, but I want you to know as you begin to prepare your heart to receive, God's going to pour into you and increase in your life. That's what I believe. And so I thank you for an opportunity, hallelujah, to sow. Now the key here about sowing is that you have to sow in good ground. Because if you sow, you can't sow a palm tree seed in New York. <laughs> and you might want to, and you can, but don't expect the palm tree to grow the same way. You sow palm tree seeds right there in Florida and other tropical regions, amen? Because you have to have the right ground. Now the key here about ground is that ground produces life for your seed. Amen. Calvary is a place where you can sow your seed. I have witnessed this time and time again. When I sow tithe and offerings in a good ground, I expect, I come with an expectation of a harvest that's going to multiply. Amen. Hallelujah. And the Calvary is a place where truth is proclaimed. Calvary is a place where you have a shepherd that goes after God to bring forth the riches of his word to your people. And so this is good ground. And so we're in a season right now where God can allow us to take the tithe and the offering and plant it in a ground, amen, and begin to see the multiplication take place. Hallelujah. He tells us over in Malachi that he says, prove me now herewith, save the Lord. If you will not sow your tithe in that ground, that's the only time God says prove him. He's willing to allow us to test him. The question is, is God able, come on somebody, to be tested? 
Where is your faith right now to begin to sow a seed? Now, some of us do this through technology, and I was always against this until I began to really recognize the, the power of it. Technology can be used for the purpose of good and righteousness. Amen. And so if you have your, if you're, if you're at home, you can get your calvaryny.org website up there, and, and they have a button that says give. You click on that button, and right there gives you a place where you can just begin to, to sow. Now, some of you might be challenged with this. Uh, tithe is very simple. If you made $100, move the decimal point over to the left one, and that's $10. If you made $1,000, move the decimal over to the point one moment, and that's $100. That tithe is a tenth. Amen? And then if, you, if God leads you, he's going to lead you, you begin to give an offering on top of that. So you might say, okay, now I got my, my $100, I moved it over to the left, I got $10, but God, what else do you want to do? And God may say, listen, give $5 on top of that. So that means you're giving a 5 on top of the 10 and that's the offering. I'm telling you right now that God says, if you hear me, and you listen to me, and you begin to hear what I'm saying, and you begin to move in that experience, watch what I will do in your life. He says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. So what you need to understand first and foremost is that the, the devourer exists. The question is, can you rebuke him for your sake? Or will God rebuke him for your sake? Come on, somebody. I need you to catch this in a revelation for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, Michael the Archangel knew that he was not equipped to rebuke Satan, so he said, the Lord rebuke you. Come on, somebody. You need to know where your authority lies. My authority lies standing in God, not standing in my own strength. Amen? And so as we prepare ourselves to give, I want you to recognize the strategy of the enemy in this hour. The strategy of the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus Christ said, I came that you might have life and that you would have it more abundantly. So where would your blessing come from? He says, when you give of that, he'll cause men to, to give unto you. Good down, good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over. Shall men give into your bosom, give back into your heart, give back into your household. And I'm telling you that God has used me to see movement in my life in situations where only God could have done that. Amen? Hallelujah! So I want to challenge you in this season. How be it God gave us a chance to come back into the household of faith and come together as we come into the season of springing forward. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on, Minister Tony. I know you got something in your heart or, or who you come with. Bring that music underneath. But, but Father, begin to begin to, to, tear, to tear down every stronghold that is challenging the minds of your people. Father, begin to release your bountiful blessings upon your people. Now, Father, I ask that as men and women give unto you, Father, I ask that you will begin to set the atmosphere of their heart, set the atmosphere of their home, set the atmosphere of their family, begin to make crooked places straight, begin to make high places places, Lord. Begin to set things in order, Father. Lord, let your area, Father of increase, come upon your people as they begin to sow into your kingdom. And I thank you and praise you that every same that sowed, every seed that sowed in this season shall duplicate and remunerate and 
healing. We send the word of blessings. We send the word of honor. We send the word of grace. We send the word of peace. We send the word of rest upon your people in this season and especially as they so bountifully give them back bountifully in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah.
God. Well, we got a nice, uh, that was the first glitch that we had in a long time. <laughs> we started laughing, we almost couldn't <laughs> continue doing the song because that thing hit us, wow, bam. Well, praise God for technology, right? All of us, have, you know, <laughs> amazing. Praise God, it's good to be once again in the house of the Lord. Um, and as you know, we're um, a large family. We're growing, we're expanding in different areas. Um, but right here today, we're starting to come again, once again, to the physical place. And I'd like to start highlighting the people of God and some of the testimonies that all of you have experienced. And today, I, I wanted for Sister Jeanette to come a couple of minutes and just share a brief testimony of something that the Lord has been ministering to, to her throughout these past couple of months. Amen. Sister Jeanette, please come up. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God bless you, Calvary family. Hold on, I need to put my glasses. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm grateful to be here today. Thank you, Pastor, for the privilege of being able to um, just share what's on my heart. Um, first and foremost, I'm going to read the scripture from 2 Corinthians 12, 8, 10. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. Amen? I need to know today how many are ready to make their boast in their weakness. How many in the house today are able to say that they are ready to boast in their weakness? Why? Because the Lord is calling his people out. And he's not calling us in our strength and in our own ability. He's not calling us um, in people that are studied and learned in the, in, in, in the field, in their finances, in the places that they've been called to. But he's calling us to step out in faith depending on him. Depending on him, learning that he is able and he is sufficient for whatever we have need of. He's calling us today saying that it is in his weak in our weakness i'm sorry it's in our weakness that his strength is perfected jesus christ's strength was perfected through his suffering and god is calling us today that in our weaknesses whether it be from infirmity whether it be um because of being hard pressed and and going through um mourning god is saying today that weakness in you i want to use for my glory Amen. I thank the Lord today <laughs> because I'm standing here in the fullness of weakness. Hello. Hallelujah. I am trusting the Lord to have his way. Okay. I'm going to testify that back in um, 2017, when my family and I first came here to Calvary, within a few weeks, um, we were looking for a place to, to call home. <laughs> it had been a while. We had been encouraging ourselves in the Lord and we came out and visit because mommy had invited us. And um, sure enough, the Lord began just downloading his will, confirmation, and we felt confident that this is the place we were called to. Amen? Um, maybe a few weeks later, uh, it was Saturday night, and as usual, going to bed to prepare for the next day to come to the house of the Lord to worship. I was abruptly awoken 
And when I woke up, um, I had a severe attack of vertigo that I had never experienced in my life. So severe that, um, again, everything came out from every direction, right? I bio, everything. It just, I became severely dehydrated, um, was rushed to the hospital. Four days in the hospital, my eyes began to shift and nonstop. They did tests to make sure that I didn't have any, you know, tumors, whatever the case may be. And um, this began a long journey that I'm still overcoming. It's a weakness that I still have to overcome. And I'm overcoming in the name of Jesus. When I was released from the hospital, I was given a walker. I thought I was walking straight and I was walking to the right or to the left. I was told maybe six to eight months later, I will be okay. By God's grace, two months, I was determined. I have children to raise. I got a family to raise, amen. And um, fast forward now, in this time and season of COVID, where we're all home, right? We're all having to deal um, with life, life and, and, and the things that we were used to doing, the everyday things now ceased and now we're home and it's a time for us to start looking inward, right? Um, every day since 2017, my mind is intact. I'm sharper than ever, right? I, I, I am keen on things, but there is a sensation that I go through that gives me a sense of fatigue, tiredness, and um, it became big weakness in my life. There was times I felt I was drifting, literally drifting by washing dishes having to serve my family. And, you know, as I read this scripture about weakness, fear wanted to set in. I began having panic attacks. I ministered to so many people that had panic attacks in life, and then all of a sudden I was having to encounter it. Weakness, weakness, everything the enemy was, you're not going to make it. You're going to die. Let me pause here that there's, within that time of 2017 to now, I fainted probably six times in my home, rushed to the hospital, attack after attack, but God, is, his grace is sufficient in my weakness, amen? amen. And um, one of the last times I nearly died, <laughs> I nearly asphyxiated. Um, my husband had to see a lot, and my children, but his grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. His strength is made perfect in my weakness. In this year alone, um, I had to look fear in the face and began declaring the word of the Lord like never before. I had to serve. Notice that God has created me with purpose. God has made clear that destiny is over my life. And I'm not going anywhere until the Lord says so. But you have to confront. Our weaknesses are vessels used for God. He is able to do the impossible with what we deem as weakness. We may be ashamed thinking that that weakness, we gotta, we gotta do away with it. Um, we gotta be able to be the best we can be first in order to be, God is saying no. He wants us dependent on him so that he gets the glory out of our life, amen? amen. So I just, I just wanna encourage you in this day that if you think that I don't have what it takes to fulfill, you do. I stand here, and there are many times I was about to just <laughs> go, and Holy Spirit, he strengthens us. He keeps us. 
He has a purpose for each and every one of us. So I, I just encourage you today that wherever you feel that you are lacking, wherever you feel like you don't have a purpose, I'm here to tell you, yes, you do. And that God's grace is sufficient for you. His strength is made perfect in weakness. It's in the weakness. It's not in what you think you have overcome already or what you can conquer or what you can do in your own strength. We need to be dependent on the Lord. And he will get the glory out of our life. Amen. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. want to speak about a topic that goes contrary to the spirit of this world. Does God seek pride or humility? We have not spoken. So uh, in regards to weakness, um, we are deceived into thinking that we are strong unto ourselves. But in reality, we are like the grass of the field that is here today and gone tomorrow. Proverbs 22, verse 4, it opens up by saying, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor. The fear of the Lord, also in Proverbs 15, 33, says, The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. So we could see in God's eyes, humility is very strong, it's very powerful. Humility doesn't mean that we walk around like this all the time. No, I'm gonna share in a couple of minutes what humility according to God really is. In Proverbs 18:12, in the CJB it says, before being ruined, a person's heart is proud. Being honored, a person must be humble. And the same verse, Proverbs 18:12, in the ISV version it says, before man's downfall, his mind and the word mind there means heart, the completeness of man, his, his will, his intellect, his thoughts. His mind is arrogant, but humility precedes honor. So all those that are honored in the kingdom of God understand what it is to be humble or to walk in humility. Let me read one more verse in another, or rather same verse in another version, in the CEV version, Proverbs 18:12. Pride leads to destruction. But humility leads to honor. So, Father, we thank you in this beautiful day. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And, Father, we thank you for your love, your grace, your tender mercies. Because even when we didn't deserve it, you loved us. You had mercy on us. And you forgave us. Jesus, you went on the cross for us, my God, when we didn't deserve it. And today we worship you. We thank you for your kindness. Thank you for the high privilege the most high privilege to be adopted into your family, the fact that you love us. We bless you and we praise you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Praise God. So definition of pride, very interesting. Uh, pride is to be lifted up within yourself as high-minded. You think you're better than others. Or to indulge in self-esteem or self-confidence, to glory in self-achievement. 
Notice all the selves that are in there. The more we think about self, the more we operate in self, self-achievement, self-esteem, self-confidence, the more we could well up into pride. And this is something that gets us away from God. It doesn't bring us to God. So when we focus on me, we can easily get into pride. The world systems, for example, they all operate. Their philosophies are all modeled on pride. Are you smart? You know, are you learned? You know, uh, you know, are you famous? Are you rich? Are you influential? What can you do for me? Have you heard that one? How does this benefit me? I am more important. You deserve a break today, right? Remember that one? You, you deserve. Pride and boasting always go together. Prideful people love to talk about themselves. If you want to get into a good conversation, just tell the person how special they are. No, I'm serious. Man, you're special. How do you do that? And watch them open up, and they'll start talking about themselves. Because people want to hear about themselves. It's our nature. Boasting, for example, is, is defined as a statement expressing excessive pride in oneself. The act or instance of boasting. You ever heard the word bragging? Bragging on yourself. A cause for pride. To praise oneself extravagantly in speech. Speak of oneself with excessive pride. All of these things can lead to ruin if we are not settled you know, on the humility of knowing who we really are, who we really are. It says to think of oneself soberly. We are somebody, but we're not all that in a bag of chips. I learned that one day from a guy. I still don't know what that means, but I think you do, right? Lucifer's sin, for example, was the sin of pride. In Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 to 15, it says this. How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, see it always begins in the heart. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. Wow. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. He wanted to be like God. So at this point, we could see where it started. It started in Satan's heart or Lucifer's heart. Lucifer was a wonderful uh, angel. He was the angel of worship. He was the one that would sing he had instruments in his body. Amazing. And yet, he thought he could ascend to the throne of God. He said, but, but God says, you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. But yet, on the contrary, the message of the cross is take your cross and follow me. Die to self. Christ in me is the hope of glory. So notice the difference? The cross that we are to carry is to die to self. Is to be Christ-minded. To let him flow through us. We don't deserve salvation. It is a gift from our kind, loving, and gracious God. So when we think that we deserve this, we deserve that, 
Be careful. That's a slippery slope. We are called to be bold as a lion, but that's not pride. This is knowing who you are in Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So if I'm in Christ, I'm in the correct place. I'm in the correct posture because I'm humbled before Almighty God. He strengthens me. In my own strength, I'm nothing. I'm nothing of eternal significance. Yes, I can do great things in this earth realm. I could be famous according to the world. But I am nothing in terms of eternal proportions. In Christ, Christ in me can bring salvation, deliverance, and provision to the nations. To partner with Christ is humility because you're not depending now on yourself. You're partnering with the one who can, who can do great things in and through you. Hallelujah. Not because you deserve it, because we don't. He loved us, and because of his love, we have what we have. We are who we are. But because of his love, his mercy and grace. That definition of the name or the title humble, the word humble, not proud, not haughty. See, it's the opposite. Not arrogant or assertive, reflective, expressing, or offered in a spirit of deference or submission. We're people that are not proud, not proud in our flesh. We could be proud in our children, you know, that they accomplish. Oh, of course. I'm talking about that pride that makes you think that you don't need God. The, the definition of humility, freedom, or freedom from pride or arrogance. Interesting. The quality and state of being humble, down-to-earthness, meekness, or lowliness. So you see the difference between the way the world thinks and the way the Christian thinks. Matthew eleven twenty nine 29, in the CJB says it this way. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me because I am gentle and humble in heart. Who said that? Jesus. He says, I am gentle and humble in heart. So learn from me so that you'll find rest for your souls. Interesting that we walk in pride, there's no rest in our souls. Because we think we're better than others. We have to be better than others. We have to one-up another. But if we're humble, we don't have to worry about any of, this, of these things. We find rest in our souls. Matthew 23, 11 says it this way. He who is greatest among you shall be your servant. In the kingdom of God, the higher we go, the more we serve others. You call me pastor. I'm a servant to all of you. I'm a greater servant. That's what I am. In the kingdom of God, the higher you are, the more you serve. It says, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. James 4, 6 says it this way. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Then it says, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and let your joy into gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of God, and he will lift you up. So Colossians 3, verses 12, it says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, and put on humility. 
meekness, long-suffering. Bear with one another. Forgive one another. Even if anyone has a complaint against you, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body. And be thankful. So we're not called to be boastful. We're called to be thankful. We're called to be sober-minded, especially in this day. Today we want to be famous. Our kids grow up, they want to be the next idol. I want to get into that. You know, if I can just do that, everybody will appreciate me. Everybody will think I'm special. Guess what? God already thinks you're special. You don't have to seek the world's acclamation. Titus 3, verse 2, it says, Speak evil of no one, but be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Isn't it interesting? When we don't know Christ, we operate in that naturally. What are we seeing in the world? Hate, lust, deceit. They're deceived. Jesus said on the cross, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, they don't know. But when we, are, when we come to Jesus, when we see the love of God, we now can also be gentle and humble with others. Verse 4 says, When the kindness of the love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. See, it's not by us. It's not by our actions. It's by his love. According to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of the regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should now become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. That's why we can be humble, because we know what he went through for us. We realize we didn't deserve it, but praise God, by his love, he loved us. So now when we walk humbly before our God, he says, there's a person I can bless. There's a person that I can um, lavish resources through, because they're going to be in the proper position and posture to love others like I have loved them. So part of humility is being able to love the unlovable. Why? Because God loved us. Normally, oh, I, don't, I don't like that person. They did something to me, so I hate them, I despise them. That's how the world acts and operates. But how do we operate? Notice how the prevailing philosophies of our day have only served to destroy us. Humility, in truth, is a heart attitude. It's a decision. It's a discipline. It's also a revelation, it's something you catch. You need to see that in your mind's eye. People today have become ungrateful, boastful, rebellious, prideful, demanding that, quote unquote, our feelings be honored. You need to honor my feelings. And because of that, we're going down a slippery slope. Right now, more and more of our government and our academia is, is just giving license to people's feelings, to what they want. I want, I want, I need this, feelings, feelings, feelings. So what is happening? They are teaching this to our children. So therefore, more than ever before, we need to mentor our children. We need to disciple our children from early on 
Because when they go out there, they're going to hear crazy philosophies. When this reality hits, it brings forth depression. I want my feelings satisfied. So they satisfy all the feelings. At the end of the day, they're depressed. Because they know they're out of sync with reality. They're out of sync with the will of God for their lives. So they're depressed. They're disappointed. They get angry. Resentment comes forth. They're offended. Our nation right now is beginning to cave in under the weight of our pride and our arrogance. This nation which, has, which had humbled itself in the past sought God, brought freedom of worship to these borders. Right now has lifted itself in pride and arrogance. And right now we're caving under the weight of this arrogance. See, true humility is not weakness. It's the understanding that without God, we are but grass in the field. We're here today and gone tomorrow. Humility acknowledges that I need God. Without him, I could do anything. I could do nothing of eternal significance. Humility is not a bodily posture where I walk around with my head down and allow everybody to run over me. That's not what humility is. That's pseudo-humility. Watch me, how humble I am. No, true humility is considering others. The way God thinks of us, the way he blesses us. Instead of thinking about what pleases only you. Philippians chapter 2 verses 3 and 4 in the, the Passion Translation says it this way. Be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts. But in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let this mindset become your motivation. What did he do? He died for us. He cared for us. He healed us. Cleansed the leper. Preached the gospel. The good news. The conceited person is always thinking about themselves. The humble person always thinks about how others are doing and what he or she could do to help them because God loves them and God wants to show his love and mercy through, in you and through you. See, that's how the humble think. Humility also acknowledges that we are part of a body. It's another thing about humility. Although we're unique, and we are, it's not about us. We are part of the body of Christ, and he is the head. So as I submit to being part of the body, God can work with and through us. Imagine your hand telling you one day that you are not worthy of, its hand, of itself. It doesn't have to listen to you because it's its own creation. Wouldn't that be crazy? No, it's connected to the body. It serves together with the body. It's unique, but it's part of a body. Hallelujah. But that's what we do to God many times. We tell God, God, don't you see? I'm unique. <clears throat> you need to serve me. You need to bless me. Wow. That puts us to think, right? Yet Colossians 1.16 says, For by him all things were created, that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, or principalities, or power. All things were created through him, and by him. Oh my God. That means I was created for him. 
I was created by him and for him. That means I'm responsible to him. That means I can't do anything I want to. I, I need to go to the one who created me. What would you have me do? You created me for a purpose. What is my purpose? That I might be pleasing unto you. 1 Peter 5, verses 5 through 7, it says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you. Say that with me. All of you. All of you. All of you. All of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Wow. Then it says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. See, our job is to humble ourselves. God's the one that will exalt you in due time. Don't seek your own exaltation. Many people want titles in church or titles in corporations because they think that the title is going to give them uh, the necessary influence. Just serve and watch how God will exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Humble yourselves before God. He cares for you already. The Bible says that Moses was mighty, a mighty prophet, right? Wow, what an amazing man of God. Moses, God used him powerfully. You know the story. They even made an incredible movie highlighting Moses. Remember Charlton Heston? But yet Numbers chapter 12 verse 3 says, now the man Moses was very prideful. Right? No. It says, Numbers 12, 3, now the man Moses was very humble, more than all the men who were on the face of the earth. Moses knew that it wasn't him doing it. It was God. He was helpless. He stuttered. When God called him, he says, why are you calling me? Don't you see who I am? I'm a stutterer. I can't do any of that that you're asking me to do. God had to prove to him over and over and over, I've called you, I've equipped you, I'll go with you, I'll be with you. He even needed somebody to speak for him. Aaron had to speak for him. Moses was very humble. And yet look what God did through that humble man. In another case, you look at King Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a wonderful king. He loved God. He served God's purposes. And uh, after many years, the Bible says that um, in those days, Hezekiah became sick. And the, he was near death. And the, Isaiah the prophet came to him. The Lord sent him. Told him, thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die and you shall not live. And immediately, Hezekiah, who had served God, Hezekiah, who had been faithful to God, who had honored God, he had torn down the, the altars of the false gods. He prayed to the Lord, and he says, Remember now, O Lord, I pray, how I have walked before you in truth with a loyal heart, and I have done what was good in your sight, Lord. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. He humbled himself before God. And as, as Isaiah walked out, God spoke to him again. He says, go back in there. He had already gone to the middle of the court. And the word of the Lord came to him saying, return and tell Hezekiah, my, uh, the leader of my people. He says, thus saith the Lord, the God of David, your father. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Surely I will heal you. On the third day you shall go up to the house of the Lord. I will add to your days 15 years, and I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. 
I will defend this city for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. Oh my God. What does God prefer? Pride or humility? A humble man and woman is mighty. Humility is not weakness. Meekness is not weakness. It's controlled power. You know who you are in Christ. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But you think soberly about yourself, not more, not less. But you do what God called you to do with great confidence and boldness. The, the righteous are as bold as a lion. But we're, we're so in the right context. This past year and a half truly have humbled all of us. We've realized that while Christ, we are but grass in the field, which is today and tomorrow just simply withers. In closing, I share this verse, Micah, verse 6 and 8. He has shown you, O man of God, what is good. God has shown us what is good. So what is good? He says it. What does the Lord require of you? But to do justly. To love mercy. And to walk humbly with your God. That's what God has called us to do. To do justly. Whenever we have an opportunity to do some, something, do it justly. Do it righteously. Do it with the proper heart. Do it in love. And it says to love mercy. When was the last time you did mercy to somebody else? The world says eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. But we walk justly. We walk humbly. We love mercy. So Father, this moment I come before you and I thank you for your kindness. I thank you for your goodness. Holy Father, bless your people today. Open up the eyes of their understanding that they might see, Lord God. That they might see what's the true posture that you expect us to walk in in this earth realm. That you might bless us and bless through us. Father, I thank you for your kindness, your love and tender mercies. Bless your people today with the opening of the eyes of their understanding. That we might walk, Lord God, righteously, justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. We give you the glory for it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Right now, if you are in a position where God is speaking to your heart and you haven't come to Jesus yet, I want you to know he loves you. He loves you already. He doesn't need for you to do anything to prove in any way your worth to him. He already loves you. Jesus died on the cross for you. So he wants you to come to him. Just humble yourself be before God. You've walked in pride all your life, but now it's time to humble yourself before God and say to him, Father, forgive me. So pray this prayer with me if that is you. Father, forgive me. This moment I receive your son Jesus and I repent of my sins. I humble myself before you. I ask your forgiveness. Cleanse me of any and all sin and save and redeem me. And I'll give you the glory for it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If that was you, I want you to send us your email through the chat because we want to send you material. We want to bless you. It doesn't cost you anything. Just send us your email so that we can contact you and we will do so. If you prefer to call us at the office, you could do so at 718-829-5306. 718 
829-5306. Amen? And then we will minister to you. With, with, it will be our joy to serve you. If you don't have a local church right now, you can feel free to fellowship with us until you make your decision. Um, if you live in another state and you don't have a church and you would like to uh, be a member of a local house, you can also connect with us. And we will, we will minister to you uh, live through Zoom. We will minister through you in live streaming. We'll send you materials and you'll become part of our family. And at the same time, we'll also look in your region to see if there's a church that we could recommend to you at some time in the future. Or if not, you could be uh, Calvary Campus. You know, it's, uh, we are um, in the process right now of making sure that we can minister uh, in many campuses, not just in the local site in the Bronx. So feel free to connect with us if that is something the Lord leads you to do. Amen. And for those of you that were not able to release an offering as of yet, if you so desire, you could at any time, you could go to the church website, calvaryny.org forward slash give, and you could uh, release your offering at that time. And we do appreciate it more than words can say. Let's all stand a moment as we get ready to leave the building. And for those of you that are home, you don't have to leave your living room. You can stay there. <laughs> Or might you, maybe you might leave the living room and go to the kitchen and get some uh, coffee. Well, that's fine. So I'll release you so you could do that also. Amen. Father, we thank you. We love you, my God. You are worthy to be praised. We bless your holy, holy, holy name. Father, I pray for your people right now. Father, we loose right now that spirit of healing over each and every body right now. Healing anointing come upon each and every person. Thank you, Father, that by your stripes we were healed. Lord, you said you sent your word and you healed them all. So, Father, I thank you that you sent your word already in this earth realm. And your anointing has already been released in this earth realm. It is your desire that your people be healed. So right now we receive your healing anointing upon our bodies. We receive your healing anointing upon our spirit man, upon our soul, my God. Upon our minds. Heal us, my Father. Body, soul, and spirit. We'll give you the glory for it. Thank you, dear holy anointing. Thank you for your anointing, my Father, upon our bodies. As we leave this physical place, we ask, Lord God, that you would bless us throughout the day and give us opportunities to reveal your love and your grace, your tender mercies to others, and give us the boldness to reflect Jesus in and through our lives because it is Jesus in us, Christ in us, who is the hope of glory. Father, I dismiss your people now, giving you all the glory, the honor, and the praise in the name that is above all names, the name of our Lord of Lords, King of Kings, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. God bless you all. Remember, you are blessed and you're highly favored. So go be that blessing that God has called you to be. Love you. Have a blessed and awesome day.